Good morning. It's a beautiful day, and it's so good to have you here with us on this day. Um, it's the last day of July, and this July, I heard yesterday, was um, the most moderate and consistently sunny July that we have had. Um, and it seems as though it's not going to disappoint all the way to the end. Um, and we're grateful for whatever rain we've gotten. Uh, some people have gotten enough, some people haven't. Uh, but we celebrate all the ways that God blesses us. We'd like to welcome those of you who are watching us online and those of you who are here present. We are here for the purpose of worshiping God. And so the peace of the Lord be with you. So let us rejoice. There are announcements in the bulletin for you to peruse at your leisure and see what's important. Uh, Vacation Bible School is coming right up, so that's probably one of the more urgent ones. But there are a variety of things and opportunities coming up, so I invite you to take a look. And in the meantime, we are going to start our worship singing, and we are um, so grateful for our musicians always, right? A blessing. Good morning, everyone. And good morning to everyone online. We are finishing up the series on blessings. And there's a scripture that speaks to bringing a sacrifice of praise so that no matter in what circumstances we might be going through, we're called to look at who God is and the promises that he's given us. So I'm going to invite you to stand as we praise the Lord with, Lord, I lift your name on high, and good, good Father.
You may be seated. <laughs> okay, stand up again. <laughs> if you're able. So we are ending our weeks of blessings. And so we ask that you respond with your blessings. So in response to each blessing, we're invited, you are invited to give thanks by making a joyful noise. You can cheer, you can clap. So today we gather to celebrate God's presence in all things. Throughout these seven weeks, we have borne witness to God's presence in all sorts of commotion and noise. So in quiet moments, in silence. So God is in the beauty of nature, and I invite you to respond. God is in moments of uncertainty. God is in a refreshing, cool drink on a hot day. And I invite you to respond. How is God? God is in? My family. In your family. In your life. In your day-to-day. In your heart. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. That's right. Please join me in our opening prayer. Creator God, for all these things and more, we give you thanks. Open our eyes to see your blessings in the world around us, on the good days and the bad, in the familiar places and the new. Through every trial we face and every victory we claim, bless to us this day and all our days. Amen. Now you may be seated. Thank you. So how about this music for a blessing? We celebrate the fact that it's a blessing that we have Kathy playing um, the piano for us because it's also a blessing that Loretta's getting married this weekend or got married yesterday. And so we celebrate that. And for each and all of these celebrations, It's so helpful if somewhere we make space for recognizing that these are the blessings of God. And some of them are tangible, and some of them we just wish we could touch because they fill us so full. Looking out into the world, looking into your faces, uh, being in this space, having this space, so filled with blessings. And so we come to this time of offering when we receive the gifts of our hands and feet and the gifts of our mouths with praise and worship, and we come to God with gratitude as this um, special time of giving um, in music and in our financial gifts uh, as we gather them as well. So let it be a time and space of generosity. Thank you, Pastor Jen, for warming everybody up. This is a clapper song, (laughs) so you get to praise a little bit more. We'll be singing it at the end of August, so at any point, the chorus repeats a lot. At any point you feel ready, jump right in. Oh, 
as we hold our hands, may we open our fingers as your blessings run through our lives and through our hands, that we may touch them and hold them and know them and pass them along. Lord, we hold the way you bless each of us, and we hold the way you bless all of us, and we give thanks. In Jesus' precious name, amen. You may be seated. You can stay this time. (laughs) Morning, church. We come to our time of conversation with God today, and we have already put so much out because God is moving today. God is so good, and we know that to be true. And as we come to our time of talking with God together, we want to know those things we can lift up. We can be church family for one another. Does someone have something that they'd like to lay before the body that we might indeed show our connection in the spirit today? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. We will celebrate that. I have a new great grandson. A new great grandson. All right. All right. Tom. Mm-hmm. My wife, Janet, is a lot better today. Mm hmm. All right. All right. For those of you who may not have heard that, what Tom said is that Jan is doing much better today, and so he was really grateful for that. And so, yes, we do indeed applaud because we know that we've all been in prayer a lot for Jan. What else can we lift up? Um, we'd like to lift up Betty Gemeinder, mm-hmm. her prayer, um, one of our dear choir members for so many years. Mm-hmm. And also thankful it's Dad's birthday this week. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Beautiful, beautiful. All right. So a lot of celebrations there. In particularly, um, as you heard Kelly talk about Walt and Jack and Katie and they're celebrating together as a family, we do want to be mindful of Betty. Betty is uh, really close to her transition. (laughs) And so it's been a difficult few weeks. And so as much as Betty means to this particular church family, we want to be mindful of all who love Betty. And that includes everybody here as um, it's been a long walk. And so she's getting close to her time. 
What else can we lift up today? Okay, so Melissa's telling us that we want to make sure we lift up those who are struggling with mental illness and other concerns. Any other joys and concerns we want to share as church family today? <laughs> so Becky is letting us know that the toads have left the water and they're all in the garden. <laughs> so the creation moves, the creation moves, indeed. Anyone else have something they'd like to lay before the family this morning? All right, then let us open our hearts to the movements and presence of God as we come together in prayer. Lord, we have spent much time in these past few weeks celebrating your blessings. And we know that your blessings come to us in many ways. Ways in which we experience your love. Ways in which you can put something in front of us. Something we might be able to touch and see, smell, or taste. Sometimes it's someone you put in front of us. Someone who shares love, someone with whom we share a laugh or a kind gesture. Sometimes it's somewhere, a place we can go and visit and be overwhelmed by the beauty and majesty of your creation, whether that's large scale or whether that's small as one flower in somebody's yard. But Lord, you continue to pour out grace upon grace and blessing upon blessing into each of our hearts. And your church family comes today thankful, thankful that you are who you are. Blessings are too numerous to count. The love is too deep to imagine. And the joy springs eternal in our hearts and souls. And we are indeed just so grateful that you are who you are. Because we have known these ways of seeing your blessings, when we hit the challenges in our lives, we know that you can be trusted. We've named several challenges today. We're mindful of all who are closest to Betty. We're mindful of Betty herself. But we see the truth in knowing that we have a hope that goes beyond what the world promises. We know a truth that is deeper than what the world would have us believe. And so we come to moments like this, yes, with some sadness for our grief, but holding on to a truth that carries us forward. For those who are ill, for those who are not in any way, there is a hope to be had. There is a truth to be known. And however you choose to work, we have named names today with Walt and Jan, people who have struggled with physical things, but you have brought them to a place of joy today, and we are grateful. And for all those who are struggling, let the hope be real. Let them see the blessings along the way, even if the times and the days might be hard. And Lord, for all of the ways in which people might need your guidance today, those struggles in the mind, struggles as people come to pathways and crossroads in life, continue to lead as only you can. We know that your plans for us are good and you will shepherd us along. Let us listen for your voice in all the ways in which you choose to share it. We have so much to celebrate and there's still great struggle among us. We know that there are those around the world fighting for freedom, those who are under oppression. We know that there are those still working and dealing with trauma, even in our own city. And we know that there is great need, great need around us. And so, Lord, as you have blessed us, let us be a blessing to others. Let us hold you high and live as you lived. Let us be indeed the body of Christ for those who may not know it. And yes, Lord, we come because we know that you are with us and that your love is real among us. And we give you thanks in the name of the one who makes all this possible, our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Good morning. Good 
There are two scripture readings today, the first of which comes from Romans chapter 4, verse 1 through 4. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does Scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. Second is from Psalms, chapter 139, verse 1 through 3. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. This is the word of the Lord. Webster's Dictionary defines blessed as of or enjoying happiness, specifically enjoying the bliss of heaven. It carries with it the idea that it brings pleasure, contentment, or good fortune. And it's in that state of being that we all want to enjoy. There's not a person here that, like, that doesn't like blessings. And certainly, we are a blessed people. As we've heard throughout this series, when it comes to the matter of blessings, we often view them in the wrong light. Most often, we think of blessings as being those things that are physical and material in nature. For instance, if everyone in our household is well, we consider ourselves blessed. If there's money in the bank and the bills are paid, we say we're blessed. If we're living in a nice home and driving a good car, we equate that with blessing. And I would have to agree that yes, those things are blessings. But those are only temporary. That new car will die one day, you will spend your money, and your health will eventually decline. Suppose you pray for a better job and get a higher paying position and you receive it, and happily you thank the Lord for it. But what happens when that new work environment presents difficulties? If you realize that God didn't just bless you with a new job, but with so much more, with the all-inclusive Christ who lives in you, instead of asking the Lord to take away the problems or bless you with another job, open your heart to God and let him be your wisdom. Ask him to be your strength whatever you need to face those troubles at work. What we need to know is that the real blessings aren't those material or physical. The real blessings of God are spiritual in nature, and these spiritual blessings will never, ever be taken away from us. So take a look around you. Look at your family. Look at your friends. Look at this congregation. Look out the windows at nature. Watch the video of the blessings from people in this church. These things are blessings from God, and every day we're surrounded by those blessings. And sometimes they're hard to find, but they're definitely there. In Romans 4, Paul argues the case for our blessings before God. The question that Paul tried to answer is, what makes us worthy in the eyes of God? How do we receive his blessings? Is it our works that we perform? Is it God's grace? Is it a balanced combination of faith and works? The Apostle Paul's position will become clear as we listen to Romans 1 through 5 again. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, discovered in this matter? If, in fact, Abraham was justified by his works, he had something to boast about but not before God. What does scripture say? 
Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works. Wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. However, to the one who does not work, but trusts God, who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. Like the Jews, we're often tempted to believe that a person must earn God's blessings. If only I go to church regularly, God will be pleased with me. If I give all of my time, my energy, and my money for God's service, God will smile on me. If I keep the rules, love my neighbor, and get along with my parents and my siblings, if only I work hard enough, if I help that refugee family, if I serve as a leader in the church and my community, if I only do, and you can fill in the blank that applies to you, I've done my part and God will be pleased with me. We, never, we believe that a person can never earn those true blessings of God. So in that retrospect, Mother Teresa, Bishop Desmond Tutu, your favorite preacher, or in that fact, even Abraham, have no advantage over any other person. Blessings are a gift of God that cannot be earned. It's freely given upon each of us who believe through the forgiveness of sin and grace of Jesus Christ. William Barclay writes, It's the supreme discovery of the Christian life that we do not need to torture ourselves with a losing battle to earn God's love. That what we need to do is accept in perfect trust the love which God offers to each and every one of us. True after that any person of honor is under the lifelong obligation to see the worthy of that love. I like that. Knowing that God loves us and forgives us our countless imperfections, and we still receive his blessings each and every day. If we take time to consider the source of God's blessings, we realize that those blessings come through a relationship with God. God, the Father of Jesus Christ, and when we believe that Jesus is God's Son who died on the cross for our sins and rose again, we enter a wonderful relationship with God as our Father. God's blessings are abundant because the Almighty God does the blessing. He gives us many, many blessings. God doesn't skimp. He gives exceedingly abundantly above over all we could think or ask. True blessings are spiritual in nature. The health, wealth, prosperity gospels compares in comparisons to the true blessings that we have in Christ, even the material blessings. God, what God gives us ultimately is designed to bless us spiritually more than physically. So let's take a minute and consider the ways that God blesses us. God chooses each one of you. Every day, we should be grateful for the opportunity, and I am, to do something that I love. And God wants us to be an example, living out our lives in his love. God accepts us unconditionally because we are his beloved, and there's nothing that we can do to ever change this. Every day, God redeems us. Salvation became possible because in Christ gave his life for us, and that's more of a blessing than we could ever ask for. Paul described the glory of his grace and the riches of his grace. God doesn't simply offer us a sample of his grace for us to try it on and see if we like it. He gives us all of his grace an overwhelming limitless. He, he includes us in his inheritance. God brought us into his family in every sense of the word. He gives us a full inheritance in Christ, and he worked according to his will and made us all children with his blessings. And he seals us with his spirit. So there are times when we may not feel particularly blessed but the Holy Spirit's presence confirms that we are all God's children. You may not see the inheritance until we get to heaven, 
But that presence of the Spirit is down payment on the gifts from God. There's a hope that can never be disappointed. Jesus entered the kingdom and brings us with him. Our salvation is secure. And we continue by faith and patience to walk in him, obedient to God and having our souls anchored in him. It means that in the end, we will indeed make it to heaven and receive our inheritance. Our hope is anchored in the unchanging, perfect, absolute wonder of God And we can be confident and patient. God gives us a peace that can never be disturbed. Have you ever been with someone where the stillness and peace is so easily recognized? Listen to this. Jesus said that if we could just have faith the size of a mustard seed, there would be no limit to what we could accomplish through him. It's not the size of the seed that matters. It's what we do with that seed. What we do with those blessings that God gives to us. They may begin small, but blessings, we need to allow them to grow and multiply. One night, a house caught fire, and a young boy was forced to flee to the roof. His father stood on the ground below with outstretched arms calling to his son, Jump! I'll catch you. He knew the boy had to jump to save his life. But all the child could see, however, was flame and smoke and blackness. And as you can imagine, he was afraid to leave the roof. And his father kept yelling, jump, I will catch you. But the boy protested, daddy, daddy, I can't see you. And his father replied, but I can see you, and that's all that matters. God sees you and offers you his many blessings. But in those blessings, we also have to carry the mark of discipleship. It has to be seasoned with a sense of responsibility that God so freely blesses us and we should share those blessings. If our faith lacks a sense of responsibility for God's creation, we stand convicted by the words of Christ, our brother. I was naked and you questioned my lack of modesty in my appearance. I was imprisoned, and you debated the legal aspects of interference. I was penniless, and you discussed tax-deductible donations from your wealth. I was sick, and you thanked the Lord for blessings of your health. I was hungry, and you you formed a club to study malnutrition. I was homeless, and you said God's love was a shelter under any condition. I was lonely, and you left me by myself while you and your friends prayed. You seem so holy and close to God, yet I'm still sick and alone and afraid. May our gratitude for God's most precious gift to us never allow us to become complacent or self-righteous. Our faith must fill us with the passion to live out our conviction that God stands for his blessings and his promises. Our lives must reflect an unshakable faith that God's word is true. Our faith must freely display the sign of the cross. That is, if we're called to suffer and endure being ridiculed or persecuted for Christ's sake, this too must be accepted with a firm conviction that God sees the whole picture. Abraham's faith was based on God's promise to bless him and make him a father of a great nation. Abraham believed that. He believed in God's promise. He couldn't see it, just like the boy on the roof. But he could accept the word of God and trust that God doesn't lie. God calls you and me today to take the Creator's blessings at face value. Perhaps he's calling you to make a commitment. Maybe God's calling you to be a witness for him in a new and a different setting. Maybe God is challenging you and me to stop talking about our faith, but to make a move to live out our blessings. And I know standing up for faith is not always easy. 
It's sometimes hard to explain why you believe what you believe. And I think that point is best illustrated by this story. A 12-year-old boy became a Christian during a revival. The next week at school, his friends questioned him about the experience. Did you see a vision? asked one. Did you hear God speak? asked another. The youngster answered no to all of these questions. Well, how do you know you were saved? they asked. The boy searched and searched for an answer, and finally he said, It's like when you catch a fish, you can't see the fish or hear the fish. You just feel him tugging on your line. I just felt God tugging on my heart. God sees you, and that's all that matters. He sees us for all of our faults and still offers us his blessings. While we enjoy the benefit from God's blessings, ultimately, God's purpose in all things is to glorify him. Paul understood that God worked in everything to bring all things together through Christ. And Christ is the source and the object of each and every blessing that we experienced so that we might praise and glorify him. So when everything else is gone, has broken down, or has been spent, we will still possess the best of God's blessings. Paul exalts the Lord for his greatness. He tells us that our Heavenly Father hath blessed us. I want you to notice that these words are in the past tense, so that at some point God has blessed us. But not only are they in the past tense, but they're in the active voice. This means that those blessings that we received at some point in the past continue today and will continue on into the future. In other words, we have been blessed, we are being blessed, and we will be blessed. And there are days where it may not feel like it, and all the facts may be stacked against us, but it's true nonetheless. When you and I look at our blessings from the Lord's perspective— I think what we would have to say today is that we are indeed blessed. God has provided us with blessings that are beyond description and beyond measure as to their value. I think that we just need to learn to praise the Lord more for his blessings. We need to learn that we often think what we often think of a blessing really isn't. And too often the real blessings of life are those spiritual things that we always have no matter what else is happening around us. The real blessings of life are the things that never change and that never fade away. We are, are so blessed. And no matter what else is happening, if you are saved, you are blessed abundantly. And we need to thank God for those blessings. For me, God's blessings came in many different forms but I didn't always recognize them as his work. I confess that early on in my Christian walk, I often mistook his blessings as a moment of chance. But as I grew in understanding, I realized just how much God provides for me each and every day in big and small ways. So seven weeks ago at the beginning of this series, Pastor Scott asked you to spend a moment and consider your blessings. So at those end of the seven weeks, I ask you to take time now and see how much that list has grown as we remain thankful for all that we've been given. So please take a moment and see how your blessing list has grown. Almighty God, we thank you for making us your hands and your feet in this world and inviting us to join you in what you're doing. You've given us many blessings, our gifts and our talents, and we want to use them wisely. So please show us how to bring your glory through the work that we do. Guide us to the right ministry and shape our hearts for service. 
let us find fellowship with others who are working alongside us so that together our impact will multiply. God, give us patience when we need to wait for a project to begin. Grant us perseverance to continue when the way gets long or difficult. God, we pray that we might even get a small glimpse of your vision. Help us keep it in our sights so that our heart stays in line with yours. We thank you for the blessings that you give us each day. In Jesus' name, amen. As we consider the ways we are blessed, one of those is clearly being able to partake in the gift of God that is the sacrament of communion. So I invite all to ready our hearts as we come to the Lord's table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord, our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. And on the night in which he gave himself up for us, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup and gave thanks to you. And he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood, the sign of the new covenant. This is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Every time that you drink it, do so in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with your Holy Spirit and in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now, with the confidence of those redeemed by God, let us pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And those who are serving this morning, please join us down front. table is set and the Lord calls to each of us. As you hear the Spirit move, we invite you to use the center aisle, come to the front. You will receive a piece of bread from the server. Take that piece and then dip it into the cup. Take both elements together. If you need a gluten-free station, that will be on this side of the sanctuary. You can also receive prepackaged elements, but we ask that a server give them to you because communion is a gift from God. And so with that in mind, know that you don't have to be a member of a club. You don't have to have done anything special. What makes communion communion is that it is God's gift to each of us. And so all are welcome at the Lord's table. Please come as the Spirit moves.
unconditional love, the bliss of heaven, and the truth that carries us forward. All things to praise. I invite you to, invite you to stand for our last song, How Great Thou Art. I will warn you, the words are completely familiar. We haven't changed any of those, but the arrangement's a little different. <laughs>
May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hands. Go now with the grace and the blessing of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.